Hey, everybody. Grab your Bible, a pencil, a journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. John 20, verses 29 through 31. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's me and you. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and every week we sit down together and we talk through truth and scripture. And in this episode, we are talking about the Gospels again and really hone in a little bit more on John, but we do cover kind of all of the Gospels, but we talk about the disciples and how human they are, and then also... We get into John and how he is a beloved, but you and I are also beloved and how John really seems like he was so confident in that and how, you know, I wish that I was as confident that I was that loved by God and what that actually looks like. And so we are really glad that you're here. Pull up a chair and join in the conversation. Kara, I love that verse. I love that. You, um freestyled a little bit in it. I did little. You added your own little <laughs> thing. I mean, I'm seriously, I mean, this is one crazy day that I get off script a little bit. I don't have script. I don't know what I'm going to say when I'm going to say it, but I just was so excited because I love the Gospels because, you know, it just points us to Jesus. And and I, I just love the fact that, you know, in John, he says, um, he was talking to Thomas because Thomas said, you know, everybody's saying Jesus has risen from the dead. And Thomas like, unless I see him, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus shows up. And then he said, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe. And I know that's, you know, people that are followers of Jesus now, you and me. Mm-hmm. So that gets me excited. And another time that that was written, just FII, is in John 17 when Jesus is praying and they call it the high priest prayer. And he's praying right before he goes to the cross. And he's praying for the disciples. He's praying for himself. And he says, and I pray for those who will come to know me through the testimony of the disciples. And that, again, me and you and whoever is joining in on this conversation. And basically, that's what the Gospels is about, is four men writing about what they'd seen and what they had heard and what they had experienced walking and being in the presence of Jesus. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Matthew and John were both Mm -hmm. disciples that walked with Jesus while he was in that 33 years of his ministry. Mm -hmm. But Mark and Luke did not. But they, like Mark was really close with Peter when we get to Acts, mm-hmm. we, I'm sure we'll talk more about John that. Paul. But mm-hmm. yeah, Mark, in other words, John Mark, but we'll refer to him as Mark and for so it doesn't get too confusing with the other John. But so am I right in that? And that Mark and Luke were, I mean, I'm sure maybe they were aware of Jesus oh, when he was on, but they weren't one of his disciples in terms of his 12. Well, obviously. Uh, but no. they, I know they're right. Like you said, you're writing, for, they're writing from, because Luke, Traveled with Paul and Acts and wrote Acts. 
or wrote part of Acts, and then mm-hmm. Mark traveled a lot with Peter. With Peter, correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's correct. And I think it's fascinating because as you look at the four Gospels and what they're, you know, seeing Jesus and the way that they see Jesus is the way that they're writing. And in other words, how they're really inspired for the fact of they see Jesus as a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so through those lens, that's how they're writing. And Mm -hmm. like Luke being a doctor, he was, he saw Jesus, he saw more of the because aren't there the most miracles? Am I wrong? They, in, they are. And Luke, yes. does it, he record the most miracles? And then he just with how detailed in that. So it's like he's, yeah, it's more of like that's his voice. That's his mm-hmm. perspective. And Luke being a physician, you know, I find it fascinating that he starts off with the virgin birth. And he starts off and emphasizing. And he says at the very beginning, there's a lot of people that have written about Jesus. And, they, and, and even more than just what we see in the four Gospels and a lot of writing. Of course, we see today so many people that have written about Jesus. And and so Luke is like, you know, there's so many people written about Jesus, but I'm going to write because I'm going to get my own information. And, you know, he's very smart, obviously. He's a physician. And he starts out by talking about Jesus being born of a virgin, which I find that fascinating for the fact that he was a physician. I mean, it is crazy for anyone, but yeah, a doctor would be like, they're literally like, I, that, this is impossible. Yeah. And and I think that that's kind of exciting. Yeah. And Luke is the one we usually, because of that, that's usually what we read around Christmas time. That's right. With You're the birth right. and all that. So I have to tell the story. Okay. I don't know if it'll translate because for those listening... We are recording a lot earlier in the day than we normally do. So Hello. Uh, I'm, awake. I'm awake, but not sure how awake I am. Uh, but anyway, so last night I have, you know, you know, I have Bible studies on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. and we were kind of toward the end. We, you know, we do what we do. And then toward the end, we just kind of usually just talk and hang out for a minute. But during the Bible study, we, and there's only like, there's a handful of us, there's maybe five girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, anyway, we're talking about John 14 and we're reading through, um, hold on. Oh yeah. Reading through like I'm the way of the truth and life and all that. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls like afterwards, she was like, I just find it so funny. Like, you know, Jesus is like saying over and over, like I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Like no one can come to the father except through me. And then, you know, you have Thomas that said, Lord, but how do we know where you're going? And then, you know, Jesus says again, like, I'm the way, the truth, the life. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like he keeps repeating himself. And then Philip is like, Lord, show us the Father. (laughs) It's kind of like, and she (laughs) just was like laughing of like, Jesus is like, you know, you can only get to the Father through me. And like, I am the way, I am the truth. And he's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's cool. Show us where the Father is. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like pointing out the humanness that the Gospels Express. Express, Mm -hmm. yeah, the disciples. And I was saying how one of my favorite, like, disciple moments that just, I don't want to say a flop, it's because it's not a flop, but it's just one of my favorite moments that shows the disciple humanness and just how it's like, if you were writing this book to make yourself look better, you would not include this moment, in my opinion, but it is, Mm -hmm. it's in Mark, actually, but it's uh, when they're talking about the transfiguration. And Mark is, because Mark heard his account from Peter. So 
I just think this is funny that he's in, that Mark includes this with the, I think you probably know where I'm going with this, but mm-hmm. the transfiguration. And I was just like laughing of like how, you know, they're up on this mountain, this like big moments happening. It's just Peter, James, and John. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like glowing. He's radiant. He it's is like glorified. why? He's prob- mm-hmm. Yeah, like he, it's, he was probably blinding because he was so bright. And then Elijah appears and then Moses. And then it says, and Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good that we're here. Let us make a tent for all of us. One for you, <laughs> one for Moses, one for Elijah. And it just like, it just like makes me laugh because I'm like, I am so sure like you're on this mountain. Like This is what you're thinking. Yeah. Like, hey, G-, and Jesus is probably like, oh my gosh, like for like these sheep are yeah, so yeah. dumb. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, like these how people. am I going to change the yeah. world with these crazy yeah, like, people? Yeah, like, and even with that, the John mm-hmm. 14 of like, let me say it again. I am the truth. I am the way. Mm-hmm. I am the life. Um, but anyway, I just think that's so funny. Like, just that I am so sure you're on this mountain. Jesus is, like, bleached out white, like, so literally, like, how it looks like the sun. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Elijah and Moses show, show up, and Peter and his in his Peter way is like, hey, this is so great that we're here, Jesus. <laughs> I've got a plan. Let's, let's get a tent. Let's all hang out. Like yeah, oh as if Jesus gosh. needed a tent. Yeah, and uh, that's why they're there to just like camp for the night. Like I know. Anyway. But you know, I, I know that that seems like a a weak moment. I think, and it, it is. I love Not the weak, way it's just like human. Yeah. It's just like. It's human, yeah. Yes. Which is, you know, our, <laughs> like our they witnesses. Were, and it says after that, like they're terrified. They didn't know what to do. And so they're thinking like, mm-hmm. we don't know what to do. Well, I just think it's funny. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do, but I do want to build a tent. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I can't get myself to look like that. So let's just I'll, yeah. yeah, so let's just stay here. And I think that that's kind of what you know. I always think about you know a lot of times when we go on retreats, plug in for breathe retreats, are moments that we all of a sudden experience God in miraculous ways, and we have they call it often you know these mountaintop experiences, which I, probably comes from the transfiguration of where you're up there on the mountain with Jesus, and it's just like aha moments. And you want those. You want those to stay. You may not, you know, think I wouldn't tell Jesus I would, you know, let's build a tent because I wouldn't. Yeah, want like to build I'm a so tent. sure you see someone come from the dead, you know, like Elijah and Moses were dead and you want to build mm-hmm. them anyway. Sorry. I just yeah, and Jesus is all, in all of his glory. I mean, yeah, and, you it's know. just like the fact that Jesus stuck around. It's like his patience with us is like. Or the life, I want to yes. say God bless him, but he's God. So he is God. God so bless he, yourself. Yeah, he is blessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel like that is a great point of, of just being able to think about the you know the gospels that they are literally writing from their perspective. And you know, if you and I were sitting in a sermon, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this sermon is amazing. You hear God just speak to your heart. Your eyes are open to something, and you just assume. Everybody that's sitting around you is is seeing the same thing you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and uh, yeah, and they're writing it from hindsight, and and that's what I think is interesting of how Mark includes that detail because Mark heard that story from mm-hmm. Peter, and so Peter had to have told him of like Mark, you got to tell you about this moment of the transfiguration. There's this it's not one I, of my finer moments. Yeah, and I say let's all build a tent for each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm sure and Mark was, says, well, why didn't you talk to Elijah and talk about, and to Moses and ask, yeah, why didn't you get, ask get more about detail? the Red Sea? Yeah. <laughs> get more so. detail. But I do feel like that that's kind of one of those things of what you're saying is 
being able to read the Gospels and read Scripture. You know, we talked about the Israelites, you know, how often I can relate to those stubborn people. And I think that that's great to to read the, the Gospels and to read it through the eyes of normal people. Like these, you know, I know that there's St. Peter and there's St. Paul and everybody wants to put them in sainthood, but they're people. Right. Which and they did do amazing things. It's like, yes. Oh, they, ab- well, God did amazing things through them. Absolutely. Right. It's like, like you said, it's like you said at the beginning, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the disciples' obedience mm-hmm. to what God had called them to. But, or not, we would be here, but I just mean like we wouldn't be probably. We wouldn't be able to talking know who about, God is, yeah. who he is. If if they had not written about what had happened, right. um, you know, I, I guess it's just like us journaling, you know, about a situation, about what God's teaching us and what God's, you know, putting on our hearts. And so, you know, their their purpose, you know, obviously, because the last things that Jesus said to them was, "Go ye and make disciples, teaching them all that I, that I have taught you to observe them." And this is what the gospel is about their way of being able to write down that will stay for eternity. We still, you know, over 2,000 years still uh, reading about it. And, you know, they've been found uh, mm-hmm. in the Holy Land and in the um, some jars, some of the things. Uh, the scriptures have been found so many years ago that are, you know, proven that what we're reading in the Bible is really, it was really written and mm-hmm. it's really true. So I, th- I think it's fascinating, too. I, I yeah. love that. And I love being able to look at the Gospels through the eyes of the disciples or the people you know, that are writing mm-hmm. it, like like Luke. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, when you think about it, like you said, if you're really writing this, would you, this might be something you would want to, you know, leave right. out if you were yeah. thinking that all these people were going to read this and it's, yeah. you're talking about yourself. But I think... That even also gives um, the scriptures a lot of yeah, validation, yeah. you know, yeah. that it is what it is. Because if it was made up to make Jesus look a certain way or to make the disciples look a certain way, there would be some things right. uh, deleted from that. Yeah. So I know your favorite gospel is John, correct? Well, you acted like you knew that. I know, and then I just doubted myself. You, it's, yeah. yeah, but is that in your, that your favorite gospel? It's my favorite I, gospel. Actually, it really is. It, it is my favorite gospel. So I have a question about that. Okay. Or not about that. I have a question about John and talking okay. about and thinking in, in light of the disciples' writing in this real way. John often refers to himself as the beloved, like he mm-hmm. is the beloved disciple, which I know— well, I don't know this, but I I trust and assume that he is not meaning in this like I'm awesome, I'm the favorite child kind of posture. So, what do you think, or why? Like, what's the posture? Do you think of John when he's re- continually refers to himself as the beloved? Well, I believe that, and I'm not trying to get into the head of John. Yeah, yeah, I know we don't know, but I'm yeah. just curious what your take on that is. I believe that John's bent and John's go to is about love. Because when you read the the Gospel of John and you read his letters, there's um, the word believe and love all through that Gospel. And I think that he felt so loved by God, and he was so bent toward an intimacy with God. You will see him being um, like the he disciples on his, sitting next, yeah. Yeah, next to him and stuff. Now, I feel like... 
he's saying to the disciples, he loves me. I'm his beloved. Mm-hmm. To the point that I'm not sure Peter didn't believe it because <laughs> they're sitting there at the you know the Lord's Supper and yeah. Peter says to John, "Will you ask him? That's another disciple moment that I love uh, for Peter's like I nudging, know. like, "Hey, you're the favorite to ask him." Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, one of my favorite things about Peter is that Peter, you know, denies him. That's not my favorite, but you know, God comes back and you know he wants to see Peter. Because he knows what he's going to do in the life of Peter. Right. And he knew that Peter needed to fall on his face to humble himself so that God could really use him. And he's sitting there, and God has given him the opportunity to um, redeem himself and say, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do. You know, Three times he says that. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Then he sees John coming down the road, and he says to Jesus, because here is Jesus saying to Peter, do you love me? Yes. Then he says, well, Peter, your love's going to be tested because you're going to die a death, a persecuted death. So he tells Peter the way he's going to die, which I don't particularly would want to know yeah, how I'm going to die. Right. I know I'm going to. I just don't want to know the details. And uh, so he tells Peter that. And Peter sees John coming. And Peter goes, well, what about him? And John, and Jesus said, what's that to you? Yeah, don't worry about him. Don't worry about him. Worry about me. And I find that as... Again, what you're saying is the humanness that we often have is, you know, we're comparing ourselves. And as you're thinking about John feeling so loved by God, and I just am not certain that Peter didn't really buy into it because he's like, well, what about him? I love you, but... As we're talking about this, I'm remembering this. I don't even know where, or her, I don't know what it's from, but I remember this note that I have in my app because, like, talking about this about how mm-hmm. John is the most, like Jesus didn't have favorites. Mm-hmm. But that is something I've kind of always wondered if like, I, I know a, I know he doesn't have favorites, but it does seem like John is his favorite. And I remember, this was a couple years ago, this is 2019, but I wrote in my notes, John was the most loved because he got the closest to Jesus. Jesus didn't have favorites, but we love to the degree that we accept love. So maybe John was the most loved because he loved Jesus the most and he received to the degree that he like accepted, you know, I don't even know if that made sense because yeah. I think it I was does, just but, like. But I do want to point out something. John was not the most loved. That God loves all of His children. No, but when He's but referring John to John, felt the most right. love, right? And he, you know, it, it's like you know, I, I see this all the time, and we do it with parents, do it with their children. You're my favorite, right? You know? and then when they leave the room, the next child yeah. comes in. You're my favorite. But I don't think Jesus said to John, you're my favorite. You're no, my beloved. No, right, right. I just think that John felt loved. Yeah, and that God. was like a raw, I don't, that wasn't like whatever I that know. note was. It was, I think, probably more of my stream of conscious, but I was remembering writing that of, I do think that there's an element of John felt, like it's just what you said of like, he, he wasn't the most loved, but he felt the most loved. Like he, there was, there had to have been this like really intimate bond between Jesus and John. And not that it was better, like every, all the disciples could have had it, but that mm-hmm. it's just like all of our relationship with the Lord, you know, like, and probably in seasons too, like the thing that is crazy to me is like, we get the snapshot of their lives in the gospels, but it is mm-hmm. literally just that. It's like literally a snapshot. It's like Instagram, you know, it's like, this is not the whole, like, they live day in and day out together. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have all the stories. So, you know, I'm sure there were probably days where John didn't feel that way or, 
Or maybe Peter did feel more that way. You know, like, I don't know, but. You know, I wonder, Kara, I just was, I was just thinking here when you're talking and looking at you and thinking about what you're saying. You know, Matthew is a tax collector. Mark gets his story through Peter. Luke was a doctor, and he probably had to fight the things he had learned as a doctor and versus the things that he learned about God because when you're a doctor mm-hmm. and you're looking at life through the medical field, it's hard yeah, to right. accept you know that. Right. And then Peter denied Christ. So when you're thinking about John, I don't know of a time that it's recorded that John— you know, did something major that was rebuked by God, that he was rebuked by God. And I'm wondering, you know, like the other disciples, if they really did think, oh, John's his favorite because he's never made any mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that, you know, and again, oh, we are so putting, we're doing everything I say not to do. Like putting we're John putting things. Well, no, oh. we're putting things into scriptures that we don't know about. but just No, and I know we're just talking. We don't know. Humanly speaking. Yeah, right. we are not saying that, John. But yeah, I think, I feel like that could definitely be a fair, like you said, like John doesn't, from what we understand, he doesn't have this shameful past in terms of like being a tax collector, you know, which there's a lot of shame, mm-hmm. I think, with that profession because they stole money. And typically. Mark was not, you know, walking with Jesus. Right. You and know, Jesus, he didn't just say, you know, he wasn't right. And you know, have sitting the, out on the boat, and God saying, "Mark, come follow me." You know, so right, yeah. he wasn't like that. Yeah, and then Peter. You know, Mark has Peter's story, which we know Peter has mm-hmm. a lot of shame and the in you know those an embarrassment. Sure. I mean, I would be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knew. Yeah, and then yeah, Luke and Luke is he traveled with Paul, so we know mm-hmm. Paul's story. So yeah, I think, and I. I this is where like I go into scripture of like, we don't know, but it's like, I just assume because of the posture of their, how they lived out, how they lived out of the Holy Spirit, that there had to have been a posture of humility, not that they were perfect, but, and that's where, you know, with John is like, he refers to himself as a beloved. And I just choose to believe that it's not this like arrogant because that would Mm -hmm. not be living out of the spirit. And so no, and it would not be true to the heart of, of the disciples right. yeah, yeah. after the resurrection and the heart of, either. Yeah, and the heart of God. So, yeah, that's where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I know these things are true of God. So, and true of, you know, when we live out of the Holy Spirit and all that sort of thing. But you know, Kara, I think that that you could say, I am His beloved. I could say that because we know that we're well, loved John, by God. Yeah, and he was just so confident that he— mm-hmm. And wouldn't we love to always be confident that God loves us? Yeah, enough to say like, oh, hey, I'm Kara. I'm God's beloved. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am, I'm loved by Him. Yeah. And, and we should, because we are. But to be able to ride it in such a way and, and, and live in such a way that I do believe that the disciples kind of thought, well, He probably is His favorite because, you know, John, you know, He's not doing anything wrong around here. You know, it's, you know, Peter's always popping up and asking questions and you know, right. even the well, verses that I was reading, you know, where Thomas said, I, I don't know that I'm going to believe unless I see. Yeah. You know? Well, and even Peter nudging John at the at the dinner table of like, hey, ask him who, ask him who betrayed mm-hmm. him. <laughs> like, yeah, and I just, yeah. I feel like it is, it feels so sibling, sibling-like mm-hmm. where I just, mm-hmm. I feel like I could imagine like me and my brother and sister doing, you know, like my sister and I joke that Scott's the favorite, you know, yeah. or 
you know, if like one of us is like on, feel like, oh, like you're more on their good side, ask them, like, ask them mm-hmm. what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because uh, you'll, we'll see in the Gospels, as you're reading in the Gospels, that when Jesus, you know, is on the uh, seashore, and mm-hmm. and even at the resurrection, when you know the the Mary and them said Jesus is risen, it was Peter and John that ran. They had a foot race, mm-hmm. and then yeah. uh, you know, and, and John then, records. He makes sure he records that he got there first. That he got. Yeah. But then, <laughs> then at the and when the other one, other gospels, when Jesus was you know after after the resurrection, and he's on the you know on the beach, it's Peter that wins. The race and they oh, he yeah, jumps out the, of the boat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the boat to Jesus. So anyway, <clears throat> all that to say, there was probably like you said a little bit of a sibling, even though they were not siblings, right? Um, tension there, you know, like oh, you're my favorite, you know, you're God's favorite. But I do believe that Peter's personality is like I'm going to be in the middle of everything. I'm going to, yeah. you know, be right well, there, and and I do believe that. He wanted to just be with Jesus. And even, you know, we've all sinned. He just tries so hard. That's the thing. It's like he just uh, seems like— To get his attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not even—I don't even mean that in a negative way. I mean, I know we we don't have to try hard, but I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily bad. I mean, it can be, but also, you know— I would say if you want to try really hard or you want to start running, the best place would be to— is to run to Jesus. If you want to try really hard to get God's attention, you know, that's in somewhat could be a, a good thing, I guess. If you're not so dis, you know, distraught because you can't work hard enough, God's got you've got God's attention. You've mm-hmm. got God's heart. God loves us. And we don't have to prove anything because what's there to prove? We don't we know we can't do anything without you know, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, which is, you know, acts that we're going to talk about next next week. But I just think, you know, you know, it's just a good point. And I think it's just a, a beautiful thought, really. I, I didn't know what you were going to say today, but I just certainly I was not going to go in the direction of how that John was so loved by God and how we can feel that we are loved by God. You know, a lot of people do not really feel God's love. Well, I do think it's one of those things that is we just hear it so much that I think it can be drowned out. You know, like God mm-hmm. loves us, God loves us. And it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like one of the most powerful phrases in the Bible, you know, like the fact that God loves us. Absolutely. And love is the most powerful emotion we can express. Right. And we have a skewed view of love, you know, mm-hmm. like what love actually is. Like loving someone, and we don't have to get into all that. We don't have time to get into what love truly is. But I do think that that is another part of it too, where like, you know, love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. You know, love doesn't... First like, Corinthians. Yeah, like there's... 13. But also, like, love does rebuke and love does discipline and, you know, like all of those things that mm-hmm. um, out of love, you know, like that it doesn't, not just for kicks. But, love always but, wants what's best for the person that that mm-hmm. they're expressing that love toward. Well, it always puts that person ahead. You know, like there's a self, right. selflessness to love. Yeah, and, it's and true I, form. I think that's beautiful. And I think that... You know, as we, you know, stop our little conversation here, but I do think that today is your, you know, we're, it is kind of early and, and I don't know who's joining on the conversation, what time it is, if it's uh, morning, noon or nighttime, but I think we all are seeking and desiring to be loved. 
and to feel valued and to be seen. And I think that, you know, with John, I think that was something that he so really did. You know, I think it's just something that through the eyes of John, if you want to look through the disciples' eyes and you want to look through the eyes of John, I think that John was always wanting to feel and know that he was loved by God. And he wants you and me to know that too, because that's what he writes about. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to believe that Jesus really is God. And I will say this, I think that, it, and we do know this, that John starts with the fact that Jesus is in heaven, that Jesus is God, and he comes to earth. All the other gospels starts with Jesus on earth and then going to heaven. And I think not only does John want us to know that we're loved, but we're loved by God, like the one only true God. And I think that it's you know easy to want to be loved by someone else. We want our parents to love us. We want you know the uh, person that we love to love us back. I mean, we all want that. But when you really want to sit back for a little bit and think about you know, I may not be able to change someone else's heart. I may not get the the love that I'm longing for through someone else, but I do have God's love. And I think that's the greatest love of all. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.